We hope you enjoy this message from Church on the Lake by Pastor Mike Cooper. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 10. Can't believe I I mentioned uh, last week, I think it was, um, I'm at nine weeks without having any um, heart palpitations or going into AFib ever since I got prayed over with the prayer cloth, and so I've been feeling pretty good about that, so praise God, Um, but we're in the eighth week of this uh, lesson on renewing the mind and learning to think like God. Um, and I'm, I'm just thrilled with what we're learning, how we're growing, and all that there is. So tonight we're going to dig in. Let's start right in verse 5 there. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream? That you have dreamed. Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come down and bow down to the earth before you? The moral of the story is don't tell your brothers your dream, right? (laughs) Keep it to yourself. Tonight, I want to look at several ways that God speaks to us. Either by word, pictures, dreams, or visions which are all uh, different ways that God gives us spiritual intelligence from His Holy Spirit. These are all things that that God uses to open our eyes, to show us things. And these are the ways the Holy Spirit helps us to tap into that spiritual intelligence. Uh, The word pictures that I mentioned, Chris Vallotton calls them spiritual hieroglyphics. Uh, in his book, Spiritual Intelligence. And when we hear that word, we often think about Egyptians. Um, But that word is actually a Greek word, and it means holy marks or writings. So I just want to kind of give you a glimpse into this, because many of you already have this uh, thing happen to you. You might see something, have a vision. And I just want to kind of give you today and tonight... You know, we see Joseph having these dreams. We'll talk about that some more in just a little bit. But let me just give you some word pictures and some things that, um, and dreams and different visions that Liz and I have had over the years 
that have kind of been the way that God has used us or spoke to us. Um, I thought of one word picture that the Lord showed me one time. I was praying over um, some people I didn't know. I had given an altar call, and it was a group of people. And when they came up, all of a sudden, I could just, I couldn't see them anymore. I could just see this great, big, huge, hot air balloon. And there was a group of them. And I said, I don't know what God's fixing to do in all of you, but I just see this huge hot air balloon. It was like they were all in the basket (laughs) as they were standing there at the altar. And I I said, I just see God lifting you up above. And and that's when the tears started to flow because they were in the midst of some terrible circumstances. And they couldn't see their way through. But the picture of a hot air balloon lifting them above gave them a breakthrough. It was like all of a sudden they could see their way through if they could just be lifted up, if the Lord would lift them up like a hot air balloon. And and I remember how that just, just freed them, it liberated them, and it ministered to their heart. So that's one example of a word picture. And and I, I could probably go on all night and talk about different ones of things where all of a sudden I just see something and share it with someone and then all of a sudden, it taps into something that, um, that they needed. And one night, it was in January of, of 2000, it was Martin Luther King weekend. And I had a, a dream, a spiritual dream. And in that spiritual dream, I heard the Lord say, I'm through with you here. At that time, we were pastoring in Chehalis, Washington. We had been there 11 years. The ministry was strong. It was good. Um, but it, it woke me out of that dream. I, I sat up. I'm like, what does that mean? Liz and I went on our walk. I said, honey, I don't know what that, did we have pizza last night? You know, did, was there something that I ate that upset my stomach that caused me to do this? And so on that walk that morning, we decided to put a fleece out. We had never done that before. But this was such a big transition. We'd been there 11 years. Our kids had been raised in that church. You know, we, we, we were the, that was, our, that was our family. That was our fiber. The church was going well. And so I put a fleece, we literally put a fleece out that, and how I put the fleece out, it couldn't be answered unless it was God because it wasn't going to happen. And before the week was up, God had already met that fleece. And, we, and the thing about making a fleece, if you make a fleece, however it goes, you go with that. You trust the Lord um, because otherwise, you, why to do, you're just going to do what you're going to do anyway then. You're just going to rebel against the voice of the Lord. So you go with what God said to do. I, I went to my superintendent. I said, I just told him what I just told you. He said, wow, well. And he, he says, I've got two ideas. I go, okay. He goes, you could go to Texas. Now, that's when the seed was planted to come to Texas, 2000. You could go to Texas. Um, maybe we could talk to Pastor Steve Riggle. Maybe he'd have something for you and Liz there. Or... There's a little church 
down in California that needs healing. Now, at that time, that really caught my attention, a church that needs healing. And so we literally drove straight down to that little church that needed healing, got to the parking lot just before dark, and the Holy Spirit hit me, and I knew this is, this is what we're going to do. And so we called them. They had already made a decision on that church. I called the superintendent of Northern California, and he said, Mike, we just completed the meeting. We just selected a pastor. I said, well, I'm just, I, I drove down. I felt the Lord. He goes, give me a few minutes. Okay. A few minutes later, he called me back. He said, we met with the board. We've changed our decision. You and Liz are going to California. And we tried to heal a church. <laughs> God healed us. Can I tell you something? When he opens the door, nobody can shut it. And we went down there, and the church needed healing. But we didn't even know we needed healing. The church healed us. I mean, there was things that happened in us that I believe prepared us for Texas. And it was a beautiful journey. And then that's when the door opened for us to come here. But it all started with that dream that one night that led to California, that led to Texas. And here we are on purpose, on purpose. Amen. So dreams, Visions, I had, um, and I think I've shared this with you before, but Liz and I were youth pastors in Myrtle Point, Oregon, and um, Pastor Basil had kind of given us the liberty to, she said, I think you're ready to go pastor, and we, so we were kind of going out, we were, we were the two spies, instead of the ten spies, we were the two spies, and we were spying out the land, and so we drove um, to Eugene, which is about three hours from Myrtle Point. And we drove all over the town. This is the town I grew up in. I hadn't been there for a number of years. And on 18th and Polk in Eugene, here was this free Methodist church, and they had a for sale sign. Now, when you're going out to plant a church or start, you can't just go get a building, okay? And this was a nice building like our building. That was a nice, big church building. And um, you just can't walk in and say, hey, I, I, I want to buy your building or I want your building. But we did it. And, and they said, well, you know, um, let us talk to our board. And Anyway, we end up with this building. But the vision was when we drove up to the parking lot of this building, in the back, there were little windows and you could see into the sanctuary. And when I put my face up to the window, all of a sudden, I saw the building filled with people. It was empty. But I saw the building filled with people, and they were people I knew. And I'm telling Liz, I can see this and that and this. And it was amazing. And I'm like, this is it. Let's go home and resign. We're coming back to pastor this church. We had no money, no job, no nothing. 
But that church actually allowed us to meet in that building for zero dollars. At a time when most places it would have cost us over a thousand dollars a month to have a place to meet, zero dollars. And that's where we started the church. And we went for several months and, and my superintendent called and said, Mike, we're thinking about, because you've got this new church in Eugene, what if we did a youth rally in Eugene? And we never had one there. We could bring the churches from all over Oregon and Washington. And here they all came. Filled the church. And the people that I saw in that window were all there that night. It was amazing. The next week was Sunday, Easter Sunday. We had amazing Easter Sunday service. And then that next week after Easter, I started getting phone calls. Pastor Mike, I've lost my scholarship to the university. I'm going to have to move away. Pastor Mike, I've lost my job. We're going to have... And one by one, we lost everybody in our church. There was one family left. And back up one week. Just before that week, we had been invited to take a staff position in Washington. The church that I just told you that we had a dream and we left. Well, how we got there was we were invited. We said we'd pray about it. And that week we prayed. And the next week everybody moved away. And the next week I called them and said, I guess we're supposed to come. But I initially... We're, we, we, we're pastors now. We don't want to be youth pastors anymore. But I did say at the a tagline, but we'll pray about it. <laughs> well, that's how God moved us. So we've had several of these things happen to us that have altered and changed our lives forever. In visions, you, you kind of get two types of visions. One is a vision in your mind. So you, you can just see it in your mind. Or like mine, my eyes were wide open and as long as my eyes were open, I could see inside of that church building, and I seen it full. And it was fulfilled. But see, in my, in my mind, I took that vision as, this is where we're going to be for the rest of our life. This is where God wants us forever. This is it. No, it was that little bitty picture of that one night. And it was fulfilled. And then the door shut. When God shuts a door, nobody can open it. Boom. So vision can be in your mind. You can literally see in your mind all that God wants to do. Or you can literally see it with your own eyes. But when you shut your eyes, you can't see it. So it's when your eyes are open. All right. So we're going to dig in. Those are my experiences. But let's dig into the word. Daniel 2.28. And this brings us back to that fella that we dealt with a couple of weeks ago. That good old King Nebuchadnezzar. But... Let's just hear what this says. Daniel 2.28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Now, everything that I shared with you up to this point tonight, word pictures, dreams, visions, those are God revealing secrets. Secret intelligence from another kingdom. Right? From heaven. Spiritual intelligence by the Holy Spirit is given to you in these ways. So that you can see what God is wanting to do. He's revealing secrets. 
Can I get an amen? amen? So there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, word pictures, dreams, visions. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the vision of your head upon your bed were these. And we've already dealt with all that. So I just wanted to bring it back to when you think about thinking like God, when we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us, we need to be open to these things that the Holy Spirit uses so that we can see. It helps us to perceive what's next, what's God doing. And it, it's, it's literally spiritual intelligence that comes ahead of what happens. Now, I want to deal with, in my time remaining, with the original patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. We started with Joseph tonight. We talked about his dreams. He came from a long line, four generations of family members who had been led by God in these ways. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all had had this guidance, these word pictures, these dreams, and these visions that guided them along the way in their life. And I want to kind of show you that from the Word of God. So let's go to Genesis chapter 13. We'll start with Abram. Chapter 13, let's look at verses 14 through 17. And the Lord God said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. So here God comes to him, you know, lift your eyes from where you're standing right now. And then notice he says, look to the, look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, and look to the west. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, and I will give it to you. Now, here we see this word picture. We see God coming to Abram. And, you know, he's got to look in every direction. But the word picture, like the hot air balloon, his word picture was dust. Your family is going to be like the dust. And if you could count the dust, that's how, you know, it's like the grains of sand. If you could count that, then you could count your family. But who can count that? Nobody can. That's, your family's going to be huge. And we're the fulfillment of that as children of Abraham. We may not be Jewish children, some may, but we've been grafted in to the family. We've been adopted in. So we are Abraham's kids. We're the fulfillment of that word picture of the dust. Amen. And Numbers... As of last year, there were a billion believers in the world. A billion. So that's a lot of dust. 
All right. <laughs> Let's go to the next one in Genesis 15.1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So I want you to see the two pictures there, the shield and the exceedingly great reward. You say, well, I don't, remember the hot air balloon? I mean, a hot air balloon, that doesn't seem like anything big, but it really ministered to those people. God knows what you need to hear. So when he came to Abram, he said, I'm your shield. And your exceeding great reward. Oftentimes, we're wanting this amazing artistic drawing. No, a shield. I'm your shield. And Abram could see that. God is my protector. God is going to go before me. God is going to watch out for me. And that word picture kept him going. Kept him trusting. And then, I'm your exceeding great reward. And we all know that he did reward Abraham for his faith, and that Isaac came, that laughter arrived in their old age. Let's go to Genesis 26, verse 4. And now the, the generations have passed to Isaac, and in, generation, in Genesis 26, 4, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give you descendants in all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So this, this, this word picture of dust is now moved into the next generation to Isaac, and it's all the stars of the sky. The stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas, right? Got it? And here we are, we're deep in the heart of Texas, and the word picture is the stars. Now, I find the stars in Montana to be exceedingly beautiful. Um, it's like it's the big sky of Montana, wow. Or, you know, up in the mountains of Colorado, wow. You know, or even when you're on a coast, like the east or the west coast, and, and the stars start coming out, it's like, it just blows your mind. It, sometimes it's hard to see the stars as, you know, especially closer to get to Houston, it's really hard to see the stars. But just imagine, I'm going to multiply you like the stars of the heaven. That's a powerful word picture. But we had that tonight, didn't we? When the word of the Lord came and said, You're, you, you've reached your destination, that should be a big word picture for all of us. And we're right where we're supposed to be. We're, we're in this together. God's brought us here. And, and we have a purpose. And that purpose is to be a house of revival. I mean, that's a pretty cool word picture right there. Amen? Amen. So let's go to the next one. Genesis chapter 30. And... I always found this really interesting, and I, I wanted to bring it into the message tonight because I always saw the spiritual intelligence, even way back, probably 30, 40 years ago, I saw this, and it was just so intriguing to me, this story of Jacob uh, when he's working for his father-in-law, Laban. So he said, what shall I give you? Laban asking Jacob, and Jacob said, 
you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flocks today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and the speckled among the goats. And these shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. When the subject of my wages comes before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. And Laban said, Oh, that it were according to your word. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hand of his sons. Then he put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Now Jacob took for himself, I want you to see what he does here. So Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees. He peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the streaked, and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flock. And it came to pass... Whenever the stronger livestock conceived that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's <laughs> and the stronger were Jacob's. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous. And had large flocks, female and male servants, and camels and donkeys. They didn't name him Jacob for no reason, right? <laughs> Jacob, the, the deceiver, the supplanter. But I want you to see something here. I want you to see that this, this wasn't something he conceived in his own head or his own heart. This is something that God gave him. He came from Abraham, Isaac. Now he's Jacob. He will, he, his name will soon be called Israel, the prince of God. And he was listening to what God was saying. And God was showing him a way to reproduce these flocks and get exactly what would reproduce his flocks and not Laban's. Laban was doing everything he could to take advantage of Jacob. And if you've not ever read the story of, of Jacob and, and Esau and Jacob and Rachel and Jacob and Leah and Jacob and Laban, it's worth your time to spend some time just reading this, this dramatic story of love, hate, 
of deception, of intrigue. I mean, it's, it's wild. And Laban has held on to Jacob for 21 years. <laughs> Every time Jacob thinks he's ready to head out the door, Laban says, oh, just a minute now. You know, give me seven more years. Well, this time, Jacob gets some spiritual intelligence. And in the last seven years of his service to Laban, he has multiplied exceedingly. God blesses him beyond belief. So imagine if we can tap in to what God is speaking to us. If we literally hear what God is saying and we obey it, right? If you'll meditate therein day and night, then you shall make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And that's all Jacob did. He just did what God said to do. And he used the wisdom that God had given him. And when he left Laban, he left with an awful lot of speckled and, and uh, these, all these goats and lambs. And it was amazing. God had given Jacob insight and a plan. And it came from the Holy Spirit. So you can see that for generations, Joseph's family had been a family that was tapped into the Holy Spirit and had developed their spiritual intelligence. So I want to leave you with four. Th I got three minutes and I want to leave you with four things. I'm just going to read them so that I can get them in. And we'll actually have completed. I, I, I was hoping I could get this all in tonight. Number one, make hearing the voice of God a high value for you. Every one of us need to be able to hear the voice of God. Listen for his voice. Listen Obviously, in his word, listen to his word, read his word, saturate his word, but then listen to that still small voice. Listen to what God says to you. Number two, faith in God is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. We learn and grow in our relational environment. So what that might mean is within our relational environment, our church family, that God may show something to you. And take a risk and share that with someone. Share it with the, maybe God said, you know, put something in your heart and, and you see something for someone. Take the risk and share it. Pay attention when you actually get it right. And know that you're not always going to get it right. Everything you say is not going to be spot on and it's okay. Pay attention to what is right what hits the target as you begin to learn the language of God's voice and, and what, how he speaks to you. The pattern in the way. And can I just say, there's a pattern in our family called a ball. I've, I've shared this with you many times already, but that's one of the ways I can immediately know God's trying to get my attention. He did it three times this morning. Three balls, boom, 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 this morning. And... I'm with you. Listen. Pay attention. Number four, sometimes it helps to describe the word picture, the vision or dream to, to the people that you're ministering to, and then ask them what it means to them. He may be speaking to them in their language instead of yours. And I, that's why I use the hot air balloon tonight, because 
I had no idea what that meant. But they did. It completely hit the target for those people. And I'm thinking, I just made a big fool out of myself. And they're all, you know, and, and that's, that's what's so cool about just being used by God. That word picture meant something to them. It released them. It touched them. And it ministered to them. I had somehow tapped into some spiritual intelligence. I, I gave them that intelligence. And it ministered to their heart. And it gave them a breakthrough. And all of you can do that. It's, it's, it's not just pastor. Okay? This, this is stuff that we can live. When we renew our mind and we tap in to God, into the Holy Spirit... Then we can begin to think like God thinks, have his intelligence, and it can begin to change everything around us. I hope that makes sense for everybody tonight. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for this word and for all the time we had in prayer and in worship. And we just look forward, God, to what you're going to do in each one of our lives as we continue to renew our mind and grow in spiritual intelligence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. May you as a son or daughter of the Father know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of His family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., Like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.life.